This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, not mate. I wish I could do a fucking, really any kind of accent. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. We're going to go over USC Fight Night 47, I think it was. Vegas 47, Strickland versus Hermanson. We're going to go over the betting recap. We're going to preview at the end of the show. We're going to preview UFC 271. Pick them later this week with the boys. Uh, you know, but guys, I got to start the show. It's fucking the Bengals Super Bowl week, boys. The Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's unbelievable. This week... Is an incredible UFC 271. My guy Izzy's fighting the pay per view. The event's great on on, on Saturday. Uh, a lot of intriguing fights. A lot of spots to place bets. You know, I've looked at some. Of the, I've looked at all the lines, but there's some spots I kind of like. You know, maybe by the end of the week, I love them. This is a Monday. This is a Monday. Give me, give me, give me a little bit. But um, and then Sunday, right after that, the fucking Bengals are playing the Los Angeles Rams in the Super Bowl. You know, I get to witness. I get to watch the team that I've cried over and been irrationally angry over make a super i'm sure the people watching this goes god i'm tired of this guy talking about the Bengals." well it's probably gonna if they win you're gonna be hearing it for a long time and there's no if they are gonna win you know we got joe burr joe burr. i can't do it i can't do it as cool as other people but we got joe shiesty uh cincinnati Bengals are gonna be super bowl champions a week from today a week from today i'm gonna be doing the show looking in this camera going we them boys, you know what I mean? We them boys, we the champs. Uh, unbelievable. But this is an MMA podcast. I do realize that. So UFC 271 is coming up on Saturday. Again, we'll preview that. We'll go over the betting recap, all that. I'm repeating myself at this point. But I want to start the show with a little update. You know, father-in-law is now out of the hospital. is doing well. Wife went and cut his hair. Uh, everything's good. Thank you for some of the, some people reached out to me and, and gave me some well wishes for that. That was pretty great. Um, you know, he's doing okay. You know, that's still a little bit of a road to climb. His lungs are a little messed up. and uh, But everything on that front is good. What is not good on my side is my uncle who, before he had children, my mom's brother, uh, I was up there every summer. You know, he's a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer because of him. And, and he was a really big positive influence. He, he got a divorce with his wife, but his wife, they were married for, you know, however many years. And she grew up. She was my aunt. She passed away. Right, she passed away, and, and uh, suddenly, um, and they they had they had since broken up, obviously divorced. They have children together and stuff, so it's horrible. But you know, the kids are younger than me. I think they're in their twenties, so they do not have a mom now, which is heartbreaking. You know, my cousins or whatever, I don't even know what. You know, I guess they're cousins, right? Even though I feel like I'm much older than them. But um, that hit me like a ton of bricks last week because even though I haven't seen her in many years, every time that I was around her, every time from a kid, all I remember is she was the nicest, sweetest person ever. And it's a shame that we didn't keep in closer contact because she was a, a great person. And then, of course, the selfish, self-centered guy that I am, I had to make everything about me. I found out, you know, I talked to my grandparents and she passed away from an aneurysm. That came from a brain tumor and the brain tumor was cancer. So basically, you know, she had small cell, whatever. I, I don't know the the terms or whatever, but she had brain cancer with a tumor. And then the aneurysm is, is you know, needless to say, um, scared the bejesus out of me, scared my pants right off um, as a as a battling hypochondriac and a guy that gets a lot of headaches. 
And this kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure she had some headaches. I'm sure there were some things that popped up, whatever, but it was pretty sudden. <sighs> shook me a little bit, shook me a little bit, but you know what? I'm grounded. I'm much more grounded now. Uh, two years ago, three years ago, hearing that news probably would have spun out a little bit. Not going to be, not going to lie to you. I'm being vulnerable right now. I'm opening up my heart to you guys. You know, I know I look like a big, bad, tough guy, which I am. But, you know, there is, you know, there's some vulnerability in, in all of us. And that was, that's kind of one of my weak spots. But uh, I quickly dismissed those thoughts and said, you know what? This isn't about you, asshole. It's about your uncle's family. It's about your aunt's family. It's about the, you know, your cousins. And uh, absolutely, absolutely horrible news that we got last week. So uh, thoughts and prayers are with her. I, prayers are with her family. I don't say thoughts are with her. You know, um, it just sucks. It sucks. You know, I talked to my uncle. Saw my uncle for the first time in a while, and and you know it's um it's different, but uh, I'm just I'm just you know I mean I can't even imagine I can't she was young she was I mean she was in her fifties I mean mid fifties maybe I mean she was she was much much younger than my uncle my uncle was I think sixty and she was at least eight years younger younger than my uncle you know maybe five five to eight years something like that um terrible terrible news she was an awesome woman uh awesome woman. Uh, incredibly nice and uh, I will miss her. I will miss her. So I want to start with that and then kind of go since we're getting heavy Let's kind of go to the Rogan thing before we start talking about fights. Um you, People trying to cancel Joe Rogan Because he was someone put a compilation together of him saying the n-word Over and over again in the past 12 years however long he's been doing his podcast There's like 70 times he said it and people were trying to cancel him. He did a I saw the video uh, the compilation that I did, and then I saw the apology video that I did. So I hate talking about situations like this because, again, I'm a white guy from the suburbs with a very, um, you know, limited scope point of view on situations. Me personally, I've always, you know, ne- was told never to say two words in my life, right? And I'm not trying to compare these two words. My parents told me early on, I don't, they said, I don't give a fuck if you're singing a song. I don't care how angry you are, and I don't care if you're if it's a joke. You never say the N word ever, ever, ever. That word is too fucking powerful. And then my mom also doesn't like the word cunt, which obviously had doesn't have the same impact as the N word because I can say the word cunt. Uh, but that was for the two words. She's like, you better, I better never fucking hear you say those. And uh, and I, I've said the word cunt numerous times. It's actually not one of my uh, slang turns, but it does give me a little bit of a little bit of skin crawl when I do do it because my mom has been fucking on my ass about it, you know, whatever. But so he was saying the N word, and listen, I'm just I'm not a guy that's ever I've never said it, I've never sang along to it, you know. I don't have many uh, black friends, you know. I come from a prom- prominently white area, but you know, I've I've you know worked with some black guys, uh, black people, and 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 I my prom date was was a, a, a black girl and. And uh, I've always been sensitive to the issue because I see what's happening in the real world, what's happening outside of my scope and how people use that word for hate. And it's absolutely fucking horrible. And it makes me my skin crawl every time I hear a white person say it. Um, it's not our word to use. And it's it, it's just it's just it's it's scary. But there's always context. There's people there's there's people in the camp. Dave Portner got an argument with with some uh, some liberal media site last night because he said it in a song and they were trying trying to attack him because he kind of defended Rogan a little bit. But obviously there's context to everything. A hundred percent there's context. 
Rogan wasn't using it in a, in a harsh, mean way. He was telling a story where that word was used in the story. And instead of saying the N-word, he replaced it with that word. Or not replaced it. He just said the word. And he maybe got a little cavalier with it and maybe went over too far. That's why he's apologizing. But he never did it, in my opinion. Uh, in my opinion, doesn't hold much weight in this situation because I'm not a person of color. I'm not a black man. But, um, he, he, you know, from what I saw, he, he was he was saying it uh, in a story and not malicious. So there's, to me, characterizing him as a racist, I think, is unfair because he's not saying it to cut through. That's that's racism, right? When you have someone, who, they're, they're arguing with, with, you know, you see it all the time, like a, a white lady, Karen, or, or a black, or, or, or an older white dude, or even a younger white dude, like Morgan Wallen, that country guy, he said it out of anger. When you have that in the back of your mind and you're getting in an argument with, with, with a black person and you're ready to say it and at the last second you say it, you try to say it because you want to cut them deep, that's racism. That's terrible. You can't do that shit. You just can't. It's it, it, it's ridiculous. Rogan wasn't doing that. Rogan, just like Louis C.K., their co uh, comics, they kind of thought they can say it because it's in, it's in the sake for comedy. I think Rogan, for a little bit there, thought, listen, I'm fucking Joe Rogan. I got the biggest podcast in the world. I can kind of say whatever I want, even though it wasn't a race of context. So the people that say, oh, hey, listen, no context matters, uh, I, I disagree with. But again, my, my opinion shouldn't hold that much weight in this conversation, but... Louis C.K. used to have a bit where he would use the N-word with a guy making his coffee, even if it was a white guy. He just liked the word. And, you know, that got a little backlash or whatever. And, and you know, Chris Rock's joked about it, that Louis C.K. says the N-word more than he does. And, you know, there's been backs and forths with this. And, again, it was just, you know, Rogan obviously made some mistakes. And there was a plan, the apes joke, which I didn't actually hear. Um, that was obviously terrible. And, uh, you know, he since apologized. He's apologized for it. People of color are coming up and standing up for Joe Rogan. People are like, you know, Pick a new guy to cancel. Spotify is like donating $100 million or something. I, you know, I don't know. I think it's very distasteful to say that word. I'm glad that he apologized. I'm okay with it. But again, I, it's, I, it's not the word that's offending me. You know, again, I grew up in Cincinnati where prominently white where I'm from. Cincinnati is a very nice melting pot. But where I grew up, sorry, I'm trying to get this fucking AC turned down. It's blasting in my ears. Uh, where I primarily grew up <clears throat> is is white. And the suburb next to me is kind of white trash. But a lot of those people, if you ask them, they might identify as a black person. Because a lot of these white guys, when they get angry and just casually talk, are saying the N-word repeatedly, repeatedly. And, you know, I understand there's, there's some times where I've seen videos online on Vice videos where white dudes grow up like in the hood or in the situation around a lot of black people and they get a pass to say it or whatever. However, these guys that are by me, they grow up in a white trash neighborhood. They grow up with all white people. But w w what are you doing saying? It? it makes my skin crawl. So again, context matters. I'm glad Rogan apologized. I'm glad that they, um, that he addressed it and just didn't act like it was a big deal and go, I'm a comedian. Don't censor me or whatever, which people have done in the past. Um, but you know, you're not going to cancel Joe Rogan. I mean, that's silly. I mean, again, I understand why people get offended. They're there. Everyone, if you are, uh, um, an African American, you should get offended by that. If it's your right to, because that's a very, very hard word, uh, to hear a white person say, we should not be saying it. But again, context does matter. If you're in the camp that context doesn't matter, I, I think you're wrong. Context hundred percent matters, right? Him saying that in the context, repeating stories, whatever, does not make him a racist person. 
So that's really it. I don't want to get heavy about 11 minutes. So 11 minutes of a little bit of heaviness. I apologize. Some brighter news. Some good news is if you're listening to this, hopefully you know by now if you're if you're a fellow uh, listener of mine. My kid's crying in the background. I don't know what my wife's doing. Fucking screaming in the background. Um, but if you, I was on the Anakin Florian podcast again today. Third time's a charm, baby. Uh, I was on uh, years ago, boots it, did not do very well. And then I went uh, on back in September when I was on vacation and I was on the beach. I didn't have my setup. I was a little uncomfortable, but I felt like I did well. They invited me back on. James Krause is, is, is the is the capper now. Um, and then uh, they asked me to come back on to me and he coaches half the fucking roster. So what are you going to do? And um, I came on and, and we picked UFC 271. We picked four fights. Had a great time. Go check that out. Anakin Florian podcast on, uh, I mean, you can find it anywhere. YouTube, the Anakin Florian podcast on, you know, trying to actually tweet it out. You know, numerous places. Um, very, very fun. Uh, awesome to do. I thought, you know, naively when I did it in September, I got a lot of good feedback from everyone on the show and people in the YouTube comments, which we know runs the world. And I thought maybe this could, because, you know, Ian Parker had left. I thought maybe this was going to be kind of a gig for me. I'd hop on, you know, get to be buddies with fucking Anik and Florian. And then, you know, they start testing other people out as well. And then obviously Krause, who's obviously James Krause, he's a professional fighter, one of the best coaches in MMA. And he also likes to gamble, even though if I'm being completely honest with you, I don't love him on the show. I think he's a little dry. I don't necessarily think that just because you coach and you train fighters means that you're a great handicapper. I also think it might mean that you're a little biased. I have biases to one guy, Chris Curtis. I mean, I'm never going to pick against Chris because that's my guy. He's going to have, I mean, he's got like 50 fighters or whatever. They, they just keep getting signed. I think his guy just got signed to the Nelk contract last night at, you know, when Dana was in Kansas City with the Nelk boys. So um, that's just me being honest. I, I, I don't love him on the show. I like Ian Parker better. I liked when they would rotate people in and out. But regardless, I was on the show. Go check it out. It was awesome. Good time. Talked about my bangles a little bit in the beginning. I gave some picks. So four picks. Um, so come pick them this week with Timbo and, and maybe Christian. Christian, guy's flaking on me. You know, he's like a fucking salmon. I don't know who's flaky. Him or fucking, uh, or I don't like fish or salmon flaky. But anyway, um, go check that out. In a California podcast on YouTube, Twitter's, uh, go check it out. It was a good time. I, I don't know when I come in, watch the whole fucking show. Now, listen, Ray Longo wasn't on. Okay. I'm sorry. Ray Longo wasn't on. I know he's everyone's spot, but I finally got my first YouTube hate comment. I want to read that. Cause it's, it's very funny to me. I am, I am very excited when, you know, people come at me a little bit, you know what I mean? I, I'm, uh, I have thick skin and it makes me laugh. I told my wife this and she's like, that's mean you know fuck him and i love it so i retweeted i screenshotted so someone commented like it's kind of the same thing i did and i swear this wasn't me no one you know i have friends commenting on this but it wasn't a friend of mine just a, a regular listener because he spelled my name he butchered my last name anyway basically said hey peachy's great get him on uh james Krause, you know blah 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 kind of you know giving james Krause a little guff not being kind of the same opinion i have one guy responded i love Krause." And then this guy, Kevin Zunga, Zungi, Zuniga, Z-U-N-I-G-A, Zuniga. He said the fat guy, <laughs> the fat, that fat guy has never trained in his life. Krause is a fighter slash coach and can break down fighters way better. So I responded, can it be the handsome, then fat guy, but you led with fat guy. The guy came out swinging 
And he says, Jim Krause can break down fighters way better, which means that I'm not doing a bad job, just James Cross can do it better. He doesn't say I did bad at breaking down the fights. He just doesn't like my weight, and he and Krause can do it better, which implies that I'm doing a pretty good job, just Krause can do it better. So I take that as a win-win, right? I mean, I, I, I take it as a win-win. I did butcher a few names and words. I get very fast. My brain works faster than my mouth, so I... Get a little mush mouth. If you've been listening to me a long time, you know what happens on here all the time. So I mispronounce a few words, which were some comments came after me about that, which is great because I mean that's I mean that's what I do. Um, Blonde Brunson is something I said a million times, butchered it almost every time. But I dare you to say Blonde Brunson as fast as I was saying it numerous times without messing up once. That's not that's not easy. All right, down to this past weekend. We're going to keep this short and sweet. We're 16 minutes in. we got to recap the card. 13 fights to recap here. Sean Strickland, Jack Hermanson was the main event. Let's go over. I went 6-7 and seven on my picks, but I had a plus night. Slime ball, parlay, catches. I apologize to the masses. I was out to about 350 on Saturday. I didn't get to track my bets and bet MMA tips. I didn't make the graphic for the locks and or slime ball parlay. I apologize. I didn't really give it out on the podcast. I need to do better than that. If you would have DM me on Saturday or tweeted at me, I would have gave it to you because I had already bet. I had placed the bet. We had an ice storm here for Thursday and Friday, kind of got trapped in the house and then had to do everything on Saturday, right? So I got home late, no excuses. But the slime ball was Shavkat uh, Rachmanov, Sean Strickland, and then Dawadu Trezano by decision. 75 bucks in it, 0.75 units. Or wait, point, yeah, 0.7, yeah, 75 bucks, 0.75 units. But plus 206, nice little hit there. I had Phil Rowe by TKO KO at a .25 units, 25 bucks at plus 190. And then I had Trezano straight up, which I lost. I had Barry straight up at minus one, uh, which I lost. Both these are just, um, were $25 plays. And I had a Rosa with a $25 play at plus 310. But I come out plus 2.1 units up. Um, I The reason my betting was so low, the numbers were so low, I didn't do a full unit. So... You know, listen, we bear our soul here. We get honest, okay? I have told you guys that I have an addiction of buying things for the podcast. And I had 350 bucks. <clears throat> I had a little more, like whatever, in my account. And I decided to take like 200 out. And uh, 200 out to, to, to buy a new camera. Bought a new camera. I want to look better. I know the, the real reason I, I was talking with a guy who runs a great YouTube podcast, YouTube for audio gear. We were DMing back and forth. This microphone I'm talking to is not available in the States. He emailed me or excuse me, DM me. He's like, hey, how the fuck did you get that? They haven't sent it to me yet. I explained to him I bought it from a you know European website, yada, 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 yada. Felt cool because I got you know, I got that new shit. But um, we were going back and forth, and he just said, like, man, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't really upgraded your camera yet. You're still using a webcam, which is fine. It's easy, but, you know, you got to get a little bit better of a, uh, a clearer picture. And if I want to go to uh, make a real run at YouTube here, try to put more content on YouTube, Instagram, whatever, you got to have a better picture, you know, and I, and I agree with them. So I looked in the cameras, I got a camera, I took it out of my gambling fund. So my units, you know, I didn't do a full unit, but I'm up, I'm up on the night. So, which is good. Chipped away, hit my slime ball. We're going to probably put it all in the middle again for the UFC 271, probably either all on Izzy or I'm going to spread it out and we'll see what we do. All right. Sean Strickland versus Jack Hermanson main event here. Uh, Strickland gets a three star. And Jack Manson gets a two. This is my mortal lock, so this cash as well. 
for my slime ball. Got my mortal lock right. Got my sent him home right. Missed my dog. Haven't started off hot. The dogs are not barking this year for me. But uh, Sean Strickland, um, he did what he had to do, right? I, I the, the the commentators were hundred percent right. You know, he Sean Strickland spars so much, and he's so comfortable in there in the pocket. He doesn't take a step back much. He knows how to move. You know, he's, he's got kind of an upright style, and he just moves. You know, Teddy Atlas was commenting, just moves enough out of the way. No big movements with him. He's not going to get tired. You know, he's stuffed the takedowns, which is what he's known to do. And he's just jabbing Hermanson up. Hermanson doesn't have the best boxing in the world um, and, and was playing defense a lot, but Strickland was just jabbing him up. One of the most exciting fight in the world. Strickland had openings to throw a right hand, had openings to be in the pocket, you know, and, and just didn't do that. Uh, both guys looked pretty fresh in the, in the five round. I think Sean Strickland could have probably fought 20 rounds at that pace. But it wasn't the most overwhelming fight considering the fact that the middleweight title is fighting next week. You got Ken Neer, you got Brunson. Sean Strickland's right in the mix. He's never fought Izzy. If he would have came out with a huge knockout over Hermanson, then his name would have been called. But I love the honesty. He said, listen, last fight in the contract, and then the pressure of the fact that I'm so close to a title shot now, that it got to me. And I, you got to appreciate the candor. You got to appreciate the honesty. I know a lot of people don't dislike Sean Strickland because he says some crazy ass shit, but I love honesty in people. I'm an honest guy. I'll come out and say the truth, even if it's embarrassing, even if it's this, I, you know, I, I like honesty and I like humility and, and fighters with, you know, have huge egos. They usually don't come out and say that. That was very refreshing to hear. Sean Strickland came out and said, listen, pressure got to me guys. I fucked up. It won't happen again. You know what I mean? And he wants to be in the UFC contracts up. He's going to get some new money. I mean, he's a top five now middleweight. Some interesting fights. I think Marvin Vittori would be a nice fight for him because I think the winner of Ken Near Brunson is going to get the title shot over Izzy or Whitaker. Um, if it, if Whitaker wins, then they'll do the they'll do the trilogy right away. But um, uh, yeah, he's he's in there, and, and I and I, I appreciate the honesty. But one judge gave this fight to Jack Manson, which is crazy. This was 50-45. Strickland, maybe one round, maybe you could have gave one to Hermanson. The first or second, maybe. But some judge, uh, Sal Diamato, gave him the fight. This was a split decision win, which is absolutely fucking criminal. There's no one, no one that has seen a fight before. Maybe if you've never even seen a fight before, you sat down, you go, hey, here's MMA. Tell me who you think's won. Everyone's going to say Sean Strickland. It is it is unconscionable that Saudi Amada can score that for Jack Hermanson. Fuck up, you know, the gambling. I mean, it's it's bad. There and, and we've all on the same page. There needs to be some kind of um, repercussion. There needs some, some explanation. There needs to be something for these judges writing these absolute fucking cocky pop, poppycock scorecards. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. A little nectar there. Nick Maximoff was pulling out. Pull a hello, Soriano. I got this fight wrong. I Soriano. Both this to two. Maximoff scored as a nice underdog. This fight worried me. I didn't bet this fight. I thought Puna defensively was going to be better wrestling and, and throw more shots, but his striking is very limited. And he decided to engage the wrestling because Maximoff just kept diving at his legs. And he's just that smothering style. Uh, some people had Puna winning this fight. It was a split decision. You know, I, I thought Maximoff won. I thought he did enough. I thought it was kind of a, a boring spot. Let down for a co-main event. Maximoff's very young. You know, he landed some good strikes on Puna. Uh, Puna, Puna. I'm going to call him Puna. Landed some good left hands and straight, or excuse me, straight right hands on, on Puna. And I think, uh, you know, if he really keeps working with the Diaz, his, his boxing be good because... His wrestling and cardio and scrambling is very, very good. Not a lot of people are going to be able to hold this guy down. 
And uh, he's really good with that with that grappling style. He's he's kind of perfected it, you know. And but I'm not gonna talk much about this fight because it just wasn't that good. Puna two in a row now um, needs to kind of mix some things up. And Maximoff just needs to get better. Super super young. Just needs to get better. Be a, be a little bit more of a finisher. You can have that grappling style. You can take guys down and smother them like a Khabib or 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 like an Islam. But you got it. You got to come home with the neck. Got to come home with the arm. You got to come home with the TKO. Um, Maximoff's young, though, so I'm not going to hold them over the coals. But it was kind of a boring fight. Now, not a boring fight. Shavkat Rachmanov versus Carlson Harris. Rachmanov, baby. I mean, he looked unbelievable. Carlson Harris is no joke. Carlson, Carlson Harris is, is a, 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 excuse me, is a legit guy. I know his record was 17-4 coming in. Uh, a lot of his losses were early in his careers and a nice little win streak here. This fight, I, I saw a lot of people like Harris as dog money here. Rachmanov is just another level. At first, I didn't know if I want to see him versus uh, Chimaev. Now I do. Chimaev 10-0, Rachmanov 15-0, 15 finishes. God damn, feed me that. I want that. I mean, Chimaev is a little bit hyped up now and he's fighting Gilbert Burns and Rachmanov's going to have to work his way there. But five-star performance, he looked fucking unbelievable. Looked unbelievable, and I think one of the most important, <clears throat> more important than my five-star rating is Christian Costello, the one and only, Mr. Cost, the guy in this podcast. He's giving you the picks with the fresh mullet. This is his guy now. He made it official. Rachmanov is his guy, and uh, more power to him. He got on it. You know, I can't make him my guy now. Christian got him. Congratulations, Christian. A little clap for my guy. Um, and he, he's got a problem. He, that 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 guy's that guy's good. That guy's really good. He's a fucking cool, calm killer in there. Spinning fucking wheel kick, dropped Harris. Finishes with big punches on the ground. Unbelievable. Harris has a bright future as well. Uh, what did Harris get? Harris gets a two. You know what? You showed up. You fought a tough guy. Didn't have to take this fight. You did. I give you two because I do think your upside's great. Brandon Oliver, Sam Alvey. If Sam Alvey comes back, he's got to have like, you know, his Dana White's fucking his wife or something. He's got to have videos of Dana fucking his wife. And Dana doesn't want to get him out. Or Shelby or McMaynard or fucking Ari Emanuel, whoever. He's got some blackmail on somebody. Seven in a row. He's not durable anymore. He's not knocking anybody out anymore. All his fights that he may have won, I'm talking about Alvey, are these really razor thin close decisions. He's been up to 205. He's been down to 85. He's up to 205. You know what I mean? You got to cut him loose. Let him go to PFL. Let him go to Bellator. I know he's an exciting fighter. He gets knocked out. You know, he'll stand up with you or whatever. But not all his fights are that exciting, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, You got to cut him loose. This is a huge Brendan Allen, huge fight for him to take. I I like Brendan Allen. Obviously, I was against him last time he fought. He fought my guy, Chris Curtis. I didn't like the whole Sean Strickland thing. He kept fucking talking. He's obsessed with Strickland when he got knocked out, right? But he took this fight on like two, three days notice, up 205. He's an 85-er against Sam Alvey, who does have knockout power. He could have got caught. You know, Brandon Allen coming off a knockout loss not too long ago. You know, Brain got a heel and stuff. He's a young guy. You know, I was a little nervous about it. People were picking Sam Alvey in this spot, being a big underdog. But listen, Brandon Allen went in there, got the job done, clipped Sam, and then, and then just finished with a rear-naked choke and... That's all it is. That's all you got to do. You got to hurt him. You put him down. And and I just, I can't see a world where Sam Alvey is still fighting the UFC. I'm sure he's a nice guy. The smile bit, you know, I don't know why he's got orange skin all the time. I don't know who's telling him to do the self-tanner. It's fucking ridiculous, but it's done. Your UFC's done right now. Now, maybe if you go out and get a couple wins out of PFL 
or Bellator or whoever signs you and you go, you know what? UFC can bring him back. Seems like a company man. Seems like a guy they like. You know, I don't want the guy to lose his job. He's got like 50 kids, but, you know, and he lives in California, which isn't cheap. But, you know, I think it's I think it's time the UFC moves on for him. Brandon Allen, big win for him. I said before the fight, I said, he loses. His career might be over. If he gets knocked out by Sam Alvey, back-to-back knockouts, I think his career might be over. And he stepped up and obviously did not get knocked out and fought a fucking hell of a fight. Uh, good for Brandon Allen. Brian Battle versus Jason Gore got this fight wrong as well. Uh, oh, what did, what did I get Brandon Allen? Brandon Allen gets a three. Sam Allen gets a zero. Sorry, Sam. Uh, and then Brian Battle, three. Trishon Gore got a zero. Now, I got frustrated in this fight. I picked Trishon Gore. I did not bet him. I don't think. I maybe had a throwaway parlay I bet him in, but um, uh, Bear you. Uh, yeah, I uh, I had him in a... Uh, I had Bonder Marquez and um, Trezano and Gore all in a little mini... 15 buck parlay. I think I maybe had two other fighters. I didn't write it down. I didn't track it or whatever. Didn't put it in my book. I just figured, like, listen, 15 bucks to win 200 something. Cool. But yeah, that, that blew up my face. But Trishon Gore, listen, man, like Brian Battle's tough as shit. I'm not going to take anything away from Brian Battle. He gets a three. Gore gets a zero. Um, Trishon Gore has, has it, but he just didn't let it go. He's three and oh, he was three and oh, excuse me. Now it's three and one. He clipped battle in that second round with two big left hooks. You gotta capitalize on that. You gotta capitalize. Brian Battle, who who looked in great shape, but it's not not a fucking speed demon. Threw three straight kicks, three straight kicks without you countering one. Like you gotta get after it, my guy. And then coming in, the cockiness, the shit talking, saying you're gonna be a two weight champ. It's like that's cool. I like the arrogance. I like arrogant fighters. I have been known to be fans of arrogant fighters, but you gotta back it up, man. And, and you did it. You came in. You fell flat. Brian Battle just withstood your best shots, two of them, and just stayed in your face the entire time and was circling and had great cardio and, and mixed things up on you and, and, and shut you down. You didn't throw enough. If you threw maybe 5% more, this might be a different fight. We're talking 5% more, maybe 4% more. This is a different fight, but you didn't do it, so you get a fucking zero. I think the talent's there. Uh, and Brian Battle, again, what last pick, wasn't supposed to win. Now he won. Uh, he was supposed to fight Gore in the finale. Gore got hurt. Now everyone called Battle the fake champ. Now he's the real champ. I like that mentality. He had a chip on his shoulder. He went out there, trained his ass off, and got it done. Where does Brian Battle go here from when he fought? I mean, he doesn't really have the biggest power. He's a grinder. He reminds me of Court McGee a little bit. Um, and he's going to be in some fun fights. He's going to probably have some good wins in there, but he's going to have, you know, he's going to be some ugly losses as well. I think he's just going to be a grinder. I don't think he's sniffing that title. I don't think he's maybe even sniffing top five. Uh, 185 isn't the heaviest division. It's not the thickest, but yeah, I don't think he's sniffing top five. A little early to tell. He's seven and one, but, you know, I don't want to shit on the guy's dreams on a Monday, but good performance, right? We can say good performance. Julian Rosa versus Steven Peterson. Obviously, a fight of the night. I do not like Steven Peterson all that much. Julian Rosa is a guy I do like. Julian Rosa gets a four. Steven Peterson gets a two. Julian Rosa, fight of the night. Gets 100K because Steven Peterson missed weight. I love that. You're a 19 and nine, now 19 and 10 veteran, and you're missing weight. Two back to back fights. Paul Federer said on the broadcast, you can't have that. You're too big of a veteran in the sport to have that. But he quickly realized this isn't fucking Chase Hooper. This is a guy coming after you and banging. Rosa again, though, just. Not defensively minded, you know, throwing big shots, got rocked a few times. Steven Peterson, durables they come. Again, this was going to be in my original send him home. And I said, no one finishes Steven Peterson. This guy is rock solid. So I switched it. Good thing I did. But I did bet Julian Rosa, a little baby bet. 
at minus 310. No value. I just want to support the guy. I do like GCD. I do think he's an exciting fighter. I felt that back then, but his chin's going to get him some problems. He needs to work on some def- defensive uh, movement. Hands up. I know he fights with his hands low. Probably can't change that at this point in his career, but at least move a little different. Move your head off the center line. Um, you know, grapple a little more because he's got great long arms and chokes. Um, but I don't really see that happening. Julian Rosa, though, he gets a four. Peterson gets a two. Miles Johns versus John Castoreda. This fight haunts me a little bit. Said on the podcast that this was going to be a live betting situation if Miles Johns starts to fade a little bit. The bet, Castoreda. Uh, Miles Johns had a good first round, but he was headhunting. Headhunting the whole time. He got hand happy. He's been knocking dudes out. He forget I was wrestling. He slowed down. Big, big shots coming up with him. John Castoreda had great distance, saw everything coming, picked Johns apart, hurt him, took him to the ground, choked him out. Castoreda was like, what, a two-to-one underdog? Gets a four stars. John gets a two. I didn't want to go too hard on Johns. I know a lot of he busted a lot of people's parlays. Timbo, you know, one of them. Timbo wants this guy dead. He wants him dead. But uh I, I, I don't I, I'm not gonna kill him. I'm not gonna kill the guy, but I think Castoreda looked fantastic. Castoreda, a lot of people were like, hey, with Yanez, Yanez needs to fight a little bit better for competition right now. If Castoreda keeps winning, him and Yanez can meet up, sure. But right now I think Yanez is just head and shoulders better than Castoreda. Next up, Hakeem Dawadu versus Mike Trezano, my only underdog play, Trezano. Lost a lackluster decision. Uh, Keem Dawadu looked great. He looked fast. He looked explosive. Uh, Trezano, I mean, there's not much he could have done in this fight differently. I thought this is how he's going to fight. I thought this is how he's going to win. And Dawadu said, nope, I'm better. And uh, props to Dawadu. Three stars for Dawadu. Two stars for Trezano. Trezano needs to fight a little bit more. He, you know, he takes some time off to learn. But there wasn't much difference between this fight and last fight. He's tough. He's durable. He's got good cardio. Let him come back. Let him fight sooner than later. Chidi and Jukwe versus Mark Andre Barrett. This fight I got dead wrong. Chidi gets a four. Barrett gets a one. Should have been a five for Chidi because Barrett just doesn't get finished and Chidi slapped him within the first 15 seconds. Chidi's got some big, big power. Um, I think his, he's limited. I want to see more from him. He's 21 to seven. He's, you know, He's very explosive and very powerful, but he he can be beaten. He's not like this unbeatable, unstoppable striker. I think Barrett... Got a little casual in here and thought maybe, hey, my chin's good enough. My chin's good enough. It wasn't. It wasn't. He got clipped. He got put down. He got put out. Chitty, which is one of my favorite names to say. Njukuwani. Njukuwani. Anthony Njukuwani was a was a fantastic fighter as well. Uh, Chitty's got that, that fucking timber in his voice, huh? You know, I would love to have that timber. I can't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, Alexis Davis versus Jua. Jua Storlenko. Storlenko. You know, I mean, this is a pen right here, but boop. You know what I mean? I mean, on all the on all the juices, uh, Alexis Davis looked fantastic. Put herself in a couple armbar situations, which was fucking ridiculous. What are you doing? Her face was a mess, but Davis is a fucking stud. She gets a three. Storylenko uh, gets a one. I don't think she'll be in the OC anymore. She's nine and six. But listen, they don't cut female fighters like they used to. They definitely don't cut female fighters as much as they do men because they need female fighters. But uh, Storylenko is not going to catch you with an armbar. You know, she's going to go take steroids and try to catch you with an armbar. If she doesn't do that, then, I mean, allegedly, I should say allegedly, then what is she going to do, right? She can't do nothing. She's not a mixed martial artist. She's a judo player uh, posturing and in, 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 in posing as a mixed martial artist. Man, I went harsh on her. Sorry. Uh, Jalen Almeida versus Daniel Marquez. Jalen Almeida, I mean, come on. I'm a five-star man! I mean, I, I had to give him the five-star treatment. You know, Marquez is zero. I thought there were some dogs uh, barking on that one. 
Almeida, though, big, huge, rip fucking dude. His double leg is fast as fuck. He's heavy as shit on top. Uh, what's not to like about this guy? I mean, what's not to like about this guy? You know, he's young. He's 15 and 2. He's fought a bunch of nobodies. Let's get him rolling here. He wants to fight as soon as possible. I love it. I want to see a 205er extend him a little bit because all those muscles usually means no cardio. But I don't know. This guy seems different. Seems different a little bit. Um, I completely misread this fight. I thought Almeida was kind of a crook. I didn't think he looked all that good on the contender series. That's on me. This is on me 100%. He was 450. It's not like I missed a big dog play or anything. So I'm not going to beat myself up about it. But when I saw tape, I didn't see this super raw talent. I saw a great body who's good at a couple things. And Marquez is, is not great. But I did say they would cancel out on the ground. And Almeida just completely butchered him on the ground. So dead wrong. Hand up. That's on me. But what's also on me is Phil Rowe knocking out Jason Witt. Put money on it. Phil Rowe's going to send him home. He gets a three wickets and one. You know, it, it just, you know, Phil is grappling a lot. And I, we mentioned on the podcast. I mentioned on the broadcast. Um, and, and I feel like he's just a little too comfortable sometimes on the ground. Jason Witt could have done that for three rounds. Could have wrestled for three rounds. Phil got busy on the feet, landed that long one, two in the second round, put Witt out. But I just didn't like how comfortable he was getting taken down. And he worked his way to a feet a couple times. He closed his guard a few times, went for some kind of submissions, but not really. I just feel like wrestlers are going to be his problem. And I just don't, sometimes I don't love the urgency of him in the cage. So he only gets a three. Maybe I was a little hard on Phil Rowe for winning me money there. Maybe I, I expect more from him. Maybe I'm trying to get the best out of him. But uh, no. And then the biggest surprise tonight, Malcolm Gordon versus Dennis Bonder. Uh, they both get a, uh, Bonder gets a two, Malcolm gets a three. Big underdog win from Gordon here. I labeled him as maybe the worst fighter on the UFC roster. I probably said that a time or two. Uh, but Dennis Bonder, you know, had a little hype around him coming in. A lot of people that watched tape on him didn't like him. I thought he was pretty good. I thought his, his stand-up was pretty explosive. I thought his grappling was pretty good. Good finishing ability. You know, fought decent competition. Malcolm Gordon, again, kind of up and down the UFC. But, uh, you know, had that armbar tight. I think he popped his elbow in the armbar. And then when they start wrestling on the ground and, and, and uh, no, excuse me, scrambling on the ground and Bonder tried to post with that arm to, to get up, the wall walk, elbow pops out. First fight of the night, seeing an elbow pop out. Yeesh. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. All right. So that's the recap for the fights. Went six and seven of my picks, two and three out of my locks, up on the night two units. Not a bad, not a bad way. Uh, first winning um First winning ticket. How do you say that? First winning card of the year. There you go. Brain stopped working for a second there. Um, so let's back it up with with two wins. So Izzy versus uh, Whitaker broke this down on on uh, Anakin Florian, Anakin Florian podcast on YouTube. Go check that out. You see my beautiful fat face. Um, I love this fight. I love the rematch. Obviously, I'm an Izzy guy, but Whitaker is intriguing to me. He's a good number. Um, this is going to be a fun fight. I think it's going to be different than the first fight. I think both guys are going to have to make adjustments, and I'm excited for it. Derek Lewis, Taito Avasa. Wasn't super pumped for this fight when it got announced. I kind of am because both guys are going to go slanging and banging, they, they, and they're going to be buddies afterwards. That's, that's what you kind of want. It's a co-main event. Derek Lewis in Houston. Quick turnaround for kind of both guys. Um, and Ty's hot right now. He's 14-3. and three. People forget that this guy's like legit dude, young guy. And, he, and he's got big, big power. And Derek Lewis isn't like, you know, doesn't have the best chin, but he's, but when you go power for power, I mean, it's hard to beat Derek Lewis. Jared Kane versus Derek Brunson, blonde Brunson, which I butchered multiple, multiple times on the podcast. Even the guy is an incredible 
wrestler and grappler at this point. He's heavy on top. Jared Cannonier hasn't really seen that at, at 185 yet. He's a specimen. He's ripped up. His cardio is great. Hits like a truck. Derek Brunson has been clipped before, has been put out for four. Um, every time Brunson has gotten these really big spots where he's like, you're almost at a title shot because I think if he wins, he'll get a title shot. He's faded, but I like to think 38-year-old blonde Brunson is different. I see him taking Cannonier down. Should be a fun fight. I picked Brunson. He's an underdog. Spoiler alert. But uh, I got I got a couple days to think about it. Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo. Love this fight. Phillips, big favorite here. Phillips, one of my guys. So I dove deep into this one. I actually emailed Anik. was like, hey, can we pick this fight? He's like, ah, we, we just don't have enough time. We can only pick four. And we like to do guys in the top 15 or whatever. And neither of these guys are really ranked right now. And Rojo, you know, 01 or whatever he's in the OC. I get it. I just want to talk about Kyler Phillips. I think he's I think he's a G. I think he came off a weird loss that should have been a draw, possibly a win for him. Rebound here against a wild man in Rojo who um is powerful and, and, and is well rounded, but he's kill or be killed. And uh that's a fun fight. Nasrat Haparaz versus Bobby Green, another fun fight here. Uh Nasrat coming off a loss to Hooker, Bobby Green coming off that great win to Ally Quinta. What do you got? Who do you got? You know, King Green hasn't had a finish since James Kraus in the UFC, and that was kind of a fluky one. Um, you know, he's not a knockout artist. He's a decision guy. I like that fight going to decision. I can tell you that right now. Fight goes to decision. Check, please. Yes, sir. Andre Olowski was Jared Vanner. Uh, you know, Olowski's a fucking stud. Shouldn't be fighting these bums, but he, listen, he just wants to fight. Jared Vanner is, is, is a complete. Isn't he coming off a win, though? Or is he coming off a loss? Okay, yeah, Romanov. Okay, that's what I thought. The Romanov fight, right. For some reason, I get him in uh, another big idiot heavyweight mixed up. Uh, he's coming on the Romanov fight where, you know, he, he just got taken down and pounded. But that, that, that's I'm not going to hold that against him because Romanov is an absolute fucking stud. Roxanne Modafari versus Casey O'Neill. Casey O'Neill, boop, 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 boop. Give me those eyes. Roxanne's retirement fight. Good little fight there. Got a heavy lean on that one. Uh, line's pretty wide. Alex Perez versus Matt Snell. Rebooked after the weird weight-cutting incident with Matt Snell. Um, Danger versus Perez. Good fight. Another wide line. Uh, I flip-flop back and forth. I can't remember who I originally picked because I picked it. They weighed in. The fight didn't happen. I'll have to go back and look at my notes. Look at my hard copies. William Knight versus Maxim Grisham. You know, is what it is. William Knight, pff, fucking joke daddy up. Guys, big boy. Uh, Ryan Lawrence was Mana Martinez. Love that fight at 135. Ryan Lawrence is an interesting cat. Mana Martinez, another really interesting cat. I really excited how that fight goes. That should be dead even. Don't have lines in front of me. That's an interesting one. Alex Hernandez was Renato Moicano. Another fun fight at 155. Guys, not many people talk about it at 155, but these dudes are fucking... You know, McConnell had a stretch at 45 and 55 where he wasn't doing so well. Hernandez the same way. They're both kind of really finding their own now. Love that fight. Carlos Olberg was favorite of Sherratt. I mean, Olberg's on here because Izzy, uh, you know, 3-1, got knocked out his last time out. Favorite of Sherratt, the water buffalo. I don't think this guy's won a UFC fight. Has he even won one? Yeah, he's fucking 0-2, both times finish. Um... Good follow on Twitter. Jacob Alcoon versus AJ Dobson. Now, Jacob Alcoon's on here because of Robert Whitaker. Uh, don't know much AJ Dobson. I got to really dive into that fight. But uh, AJ Malcoon just wrestled, fucked his way the last time he won. Uh, Douglas Silva, Dion Draws versus Sergio Morozov. Yeah, you know, okay, okay. Just two career 135ers, you know. And then Jeremiah Wells versus Blood Diamond. I will not say Mike Mathia because he wants to be called Blood Diamond. And I respect that. This is Izzy's guys fighting a fucking tough dude in Jeremiah Wells. 
Kicking off the night at 170. That should be fun. Fun, fun, fun. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. That's it. Got these lights on me looking good. MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube, on Twitters, on Instagram. Follow me everywhere. See me on the Anaconfornia Podcast if you have not already. And like and subscribe. Rate and review. There was a rate and review. Someone didn't leave a comment, but I did. I'm I'm up at the 33 now. I shouldn't be pounding the desk on an audio. What are you doing, Brian? Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? I say let her dance. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dalton.